Welcome to the Bruce Siski Show. Follow the Bruce Siski Show on Twitter to interact anytime. Got something on your mind? You can text Bruce during the show by using the short code 84454. You're listening to the Bruce Siski Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL. 1011, it's Tuesday, 25th day of July 2023. Bruce Siski Show on KDAL. Good to have you along this morning. As we got a busy show, we'll talk to former UMD men's hockey captain Carson Kuhlman, now a member of the New York Islanders. That'll be uh, later on on the show. Joining us now as we get ready for Big Ten Football Media Days happening this week in Indianapolis, the voice of Golden Gopher football, Mike Grimm. Good morning, sir. Hey, Bruce. How's it going? Uh, it's going very well. It's a beautiful day up here. How are things for you? Uh, good, good. I always enjoy Big Ten Football Media Day. It's bittersweet, though, in my opinion, because football is my favorite time of year, and Big Ten Football Media Day is kind of the gateway to that. Like, all right, we're we're here. Fall camp starts next week. Uh, you know, we're about what four and a half, five weeks from the start of the season. About five weeks, I guess. Um, but it also means summer's uh, leaking away here, and. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I also enjoy summertime. So here we are, ready for football. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that, right? Like, and, you know, obviously hockey's right at, you know, starts right after football gets going. So for me, I, you know, I've got another probably month or so of my summer before I've got to really start focusing on that. But, yeah, it is bittersweet. But, but it's one of my favorite times of the year, football getting fired up, because I know hockey's right, right around the corner when that happens. Yeah, no doubt. And time time goes faster uh, every year. You get older, it seems, and uh, I can't believe we're already almost to August now. So yeah, I can't. Here either. we are, but um, but it'll be. I think it'll be. You know, this is kind of an interesting time for the Big Ten. It's the last year of the Big Ten as we know it. Next year, USC and UCLA come in. Um, last year, at least for the moment, that there'll be divisions. Uh, you know, I, I gotta believe there'll be future expansion, which can be a topic for another time, I suppose. But. In future expansion, I gotta believe there'll be some sort of divisions or pods or something. But um, at least in the near term, this is the final year of divisional play for um, for the Big Ten, and then it gets into into you know you just play nine and <laughs> don't play six, and um, away you go. What do you think about that? By the way, we, we you and I haven't chatted since that went that whole thing went down with USC and UCLA jumping into the Big Ten. Like I was when they announced the twenty twenty four twenty five schedules here a few weeks back, I'm looking and I'm thinking, boy, the, some of these matchups are going to be so much fun, but it's also really weird. It is a bit bizarre, for sure. I, I, I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm good with it. I, I, I still personally would keep divisions, but there was enough. There was enough uh, it, because when you get to, when you get a league that big, like I said, you're going to play nine games, which means you barely play half the team. So you can only play. There's 16 teams. You can't play yourself. So there's 15 possible opponents. You play nine. You don't play six. I mean, not playing six is a big deal. Schedule's going to matter. Uh, much like I think the, in the Big Ten West this year, which we can talk about later, uh, schedule is a fa absolute factor. Um, it was last year. Purdue did not play Michigan or Ohio State and backed in. I think last year Purdue was probably the third, fourth, maybe arguably the fifth best team in the division, but they didn't have to play Michigan or Ohio State. Neither did Minnesota. Gophers could not take advantage of that, which is still – 
um, a bitter pill to swallow for Gopher fans when you think about uh, the, the prime opportunity. One, they were positioned. It wasn't as if it did, they, they were positioned for it and didn't do it. Um, so I think when you play nine of the possible 15 opponents, um, you're leaving a lot of meat on the bone there, where at least with divisions, even if they're somewhat uneven, and there's this argument about the East and the West, and don't even get me started on that, because it's basically solely because Ohio State and Michigan are in one of the divisions. If you remove those, um, the West actually has a way better record than the East. Uh, people seem to forget Indiana, Rutgers, Maryland, uh, Michigan State's kind of up and down. You know, there's some pretty future teams in the in the East, too, but when you factor in Ohio State and Michigan, then that of course, makes that division better. Um, but anyway, that's no fault of Minnesota's or Wisconsin's or Iowa's, uh, that that's how it shook down. But I do think there's a bit more equity because you at least have a round robin of some sort in divisional play that you can say, yeah, this was at least the best team of this group, and then you can move on. But anyway, uh, the, bit, the most exciting thing for me is that sometime in February – I'll get to go to California to call a USC Minnesota basketball game or a UCLA Minnesota basketball game, and um, I'm looking forward to that. Mike Grimm, the voice of Golden Goal for football and men's basketball, joining us here at 1016. So, how weird is it for you as we begin the run up to this season, and for the first time in what feels like a decade, Tanner Morgan is not the incumbent starting quarterback for the <laughs> Golfers? Yeah, you know, think about this. So P.J. Fleck is entering year seven as the head coach. This will be the first fall camp. They open on Tuesday. This will be the first fall camp that Tanner Morgan uh, – or that, that P, this will be the first fall camp P.J. Fleck has that Tanner Morgan is not part of. And he's in year seven, starting year seven. So um, it, it is a bit weird, no no question about it. Uh, and, 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 you know, Muhammad Ibrahim the same way. You know, those guys were both six-year players and uh, hung out and um, – you know, it was uh, it was it was a good run for those guys, but I, I think people are ready now to uh, to see what's next. Uh, the quarterback in waiting is Ethan McManus. We got some flavor of him last year. He started a few games, um, had that great game at Camp Randall where he was freshman of the week in the Big Ten, threw for 317 yards. Thanks for reminding in me. That win. <laughs> And then started the bowl game off red hot until he got hurt. I think he was like eight for nine in that Syracuse uh, matchup out at Yankee Stadium, and um, really looks the part. Um, I mean, we we have been watching him now. Um, I mean, he's entering his third year of the program. He'll be a sophomore, eligibility wise, because of the redshirt year. But um, we've been watching him in practice and saying this kid has all the talent in the world. Now the question is, can it translate into games? Because we've seen that before, right? Where guys have great arms or. Uh, what have you, and then for whatever reason they can't figure out the other part of it, like what you know, how to read a defense, how to read a you know pre-snap, how to get out of a play and into a play, all those things that Tanner Morgan was pretty good at. Um, and I think Ethan Kelly Manis is on his way to really figuring it out. I think he'll be a bit more of a risk taker than Tanner, and um, with talent and some risk, I think there's there's rewards for that, and I don't think there's any doubt Minnesota needs to increase. In today's day and age of college football, I think you gotta you gotta score some points. And um, they had that great offense in 2019, and then it's been mostly a you know ground and pound kind of an offense since. 
and I think it will evolve into a little bit more passing, certainly with uh, Kelly Agmanis here uh, this fall. You mentioned the Badger game, which I still don't want to talk about, but I have to here contractually <laughs> obligated. 19 for 29 for 319, two scores, no picks. He started 7 of 9 in the in the uh, the bowl game against Syracuse for 80 yards before the aforementioned injury. Obviously, that you know that's going to build some confidence, not just for him individually, but everybody around him being confident in him that he can do the things that he needs to do. As he goes into his first fall camp as the incumbent starter, besides staying healthy, you know, what do you want to see him do that maybe he didn't get a chance to do in, in, in that outstanding game in Madison? Yeah, I, well, I think a couple of things. One, it, it just continue to do what, he, what he's done there. And obviously, there's still going to be a learning curve. I mean, he's not going to have the grasp of everything that uh, Tanner Morgan had late in his career after six seasons, right? He just isn't. But um, So, so I, the coaching staff is going to have to be patient. Uh, P.J. is so risk-averse to turnovers and such. I hope they're, you know, and they, but they, they, talk, you know, they talk also about, you know, uh, failing is growth, as he likes to say. So they're going to have to let the quarterback make some mistakes. They're just going to happen. It just is. And you can't, you can't get, um, you know, make them learning opportunities. Um, and then um, also, if there's a mistake made, you have to continue, I think, to stay with the plan. You can't say, oh, man, he just threw an interception in the first quarter. We're just going to hand it off the rest of the game. I, I don't think that's going to be good for anybody, including his confidence. And, let, let you know, let him grow, let him learn. Um, and then the fan base has to be patient. I think um, there is a lot of hype locally. I don't think he's getting much hype nationally. People don't know that much about him. But I think locally there's been enough discussion about what a talent he is that people are excited. And I think the fan base has to be patient, too. If he throws an interception on the first drive against Nebraska, people can't just say, well, there that goes. you know. And Minnesota fans have a tendency to get pretty fatalistic right off the bat. No! And reason because of there's not been a lot of success, and I'm, I'm, when I say Minnesota fans, I don't even mean Gopher fans. I'm talking just the general Minnesota oh, yeah. sports landscape. Um, you know, even last night, Griffin Jack has given up like one run in a hundred. You know, whatever it is, I think it's 42 innings. He's given up one run or something, and it isn't 42 innings. It's like 42 days, something like that, since like May 6th. And uh, you know, guy uh, Colton Wong, uh, who you know from the Brewers and I know from the Cardinals, can strike out uh, as well as anybody. <laughs> on low curveballs and he throws him a curveball that they're a slider that kind of stayed up a little and he dropped his bat head and got out and people want to they got to cut griffin jacks i'm like let's just calm down for a second the guy's literally given up two runs now in like since may 28th or something so um but the, that's the fatalism of, of of a minnesota sports fan so uh when the quarterback makes mistakes um it isn't going to help anybody for the fan base to get worked up and lathered up and make the quarterback feel like crap right so those things you, you got to live through um and then i think they can use him a little more in the running game too he's 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 a way better athlete than tanner in terms of running uh he's got good wheels i'm, I'm not saying he's going to be ricky foggy um but I, I do think there are some times where um they can utilize the run game and 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 also just avoiding a sack uh can be important you know even if it's to step out and throw the ball away or buy an extra second to find a receiver um those, those kind of things, I think, are what, what, what will be important for him. With Media Days getting underway, the uh, Big Ten has released its preseason media poll, and uh, Michigan picked to win the Big Ten East over Ohio State, then Penn State, followed by Maryland, Michigan State, Rutgers, Indiana. The West, it's Wisconsin, 
the pick to win the division over Iowa, then Minnesota, then Illinois, Nebraska, Purdue, and Northwestern brings up the rear. I don't think that's a surprise for anybody after all the upheaval here in recent weeks. Yeah, Mike, with all the changes hap- that happened over the offseason in Madison, does it surprise you that the media picked Wisconsin to win the West? Uh, a little bit. Like, I, that would not be my pick. That's not to say that I don't think they can win it. They certainly can. I, I think based on schedule and based on everything else, I, I would personally have Iowa as the favorite right now in, in the uh, in the division. Wisconsin in the mix, but um, there's a couple of things with Wisconsin. I, look, it, it was a, an impressive hire. Uh, you know, we we know what kind of job Luke Fickle did. And so I think people probably get caught up in that a little bit, like, oh, my God, they just hired a guy who was in the playoffs a couple of years ago, and they're already good, so um, they're going to you know, go a lot, uh, you know, a long way. And they may. Um, I don't know, though, if it'll be this year. Um, and I'm going to use a, a couple of different examples just in terms of um, th- this isn't just a coaching change, right? This is a total philosophical change of a program now in terms of what they're trying to do. And just even seeing when Fleck came into Minnesota – um, coming off a nine-win season. Now, I didn't think they'd be as good the next year, certainly in P.J.'s first year, but there was a stretch of the middle of that 2017 season where Minnesota just was not good at all. And I'm like, man, what what is happening here? And in retrospect, in hindsight, it was, it was that at some point there comes this collision of what the players are used to and what the coach wants. And there's just it's an inevitable like i you know you just kind of underestimate when you're going to change everything and pj of course changed everything um i don't know behind the scenes how much of uh, of everything fickle is changing at wisconsin um neither place technically needed to be fixed so to speak i mean jerry kill and tracy clays had minnesota in a pretty good spot but how fleck operates is just so totally different than most anybody else that was the clash right and people i'm not saying there was a you know turmoil or anything it just there, there just is this natural kind of progression, you know, and those who stayed, stayed, and those who said, this isn't my cup of tea, moved on, and then things got better. I, I'm not predicting that for Wisconsin, but I do think people are underestimating when you have a seismic shift in terms of philosophical uh, offense and defense, right, both uh, at this point, um, that there's going to be, I think, some struggles there. There just are. Um, and I also think it was almost like a de facto vote. I mean, Wisconsin has been the best team in the division for a number of years, but I also think people kind of forget they've not been in the Big Ten champ. They've only been in the Big Ten championship game once since 2017, right? So this yeah. isn't like Ohio yeah. State who's run off a bunch and you're going to pull off an upset. But for some reason, that's still kind of planted in people's mind that, you know, well, it's Wisconsin and the rest of the league. And, that you know, they weren't that good last year. They just weren't. Um, now, I know they brought in a bunch of talent, but so did other teams. Like Iowa brought in uh, – I mean, they brought in some receivers. They actually have guys who can run fast and catch the ball for the first time in a while. And a quarterback who um, I think can deliver the ball. And, I mean, that program I – mean, people can complain about Brian Ferentz all they want, but that program was held hostage by poor quarterback play for two years, right? Yeah. I mean, they had a quarterback that just, just failed to – I mean, outside of throwing to the tight end, it was impossible for that offense. And so – now they got a guy who actually played in the playoffs, right, as a quarterback. I don't know how great he's going to be, but, um, you know, he, he, he absolutely cannot be worse than, than uh, the, the previous uh, guy. And that's not an eye. I don't, you know, I don't want to take a shot at any guys uh, specifically, but, but that kid just wasn't a very good quarterback. He just wasn't. And yet they, they won, won a division and probably should have won it last year until they laid an egg in that Nebraska game. If they beat Nebraska, they, they go. 
Um, and and then scheduling, you know, uh, Wisconsin has a fairly favorable schedule, although they do play uh, Ohio State. That's in Madison, um, so that that probably also plays a factor into people saying, "Look, Wisconsin can uh, can win this thing." Uh, real quick here, a couple more minutes of Mike Grimm, the voice of Golden Gopher football. Back to the Gophers here as, as, as fall camp starts on Tuesday. What's one position, maybe one battle you're looking forward to watching, maybe a, a big question that has to be answered personnel-wise before that opener five weeks and two days from now against Nebraska? Yeah, I think it's the starting cornerback, cornerback, not quarterback, cornerback, defensive back opposite Justin Wally. Wally's obviously – uh, will be uh, he's entering his third year and he'll be a third year starter. He started as a freshman late in that year. I had that big interception in uh, Minnesota against Wisconsin a couple years ago. Um, it will be him on one side, and then the question is who's the other cornerback? And that to me, that's the big. If they got a guy there that can play well, then then that defense is going to be good again because uh, I feel good about the rest of it. They're, they're, they did lose some guys, but there are. There's now Fleck has, through his recruiting has built up now, and then they they have pieced in some transfer guys, um, where you know that and that's how you build a program, right? Where you've got now you've got the depth at which you've got guys ready to to take that step. Uh, it's your turn to start. Go play like the last guy did, or better than the last guy did. And I think they're at that point now, particularly up front defensively. They need more pass rush, but the cornerback opposite Justin Wally. They have two transfers, one from Georgia Southern, one from Elan. Uh, they've got some in-house candidates, and we'll see we'll see who goes uh, into that, uh, you know, and who, who gets to start there and how that production is. And if it's a guy that other teams can pick on and it's not great, uh, then, then things could go a little haywire. If the guy can cover and tackle, uh, this team could be pretty good. But the schedule, again, uh, as we mentioned, they had the favorable schedule last year. This year they got Michigan and Ohio State. Um, that changes things. I mean, you think about Bruce. Minnesota has Michigan, Ohio State, Iowa has neither. That's a two-game gap. Plus, if you're Minnesota, you're playing in Iowa City. To make that gap up, you got to beat Iowa, which they haven't done in Iowa City since '99. So that that's a fight. That's going to be an uphill fight to try to uh, you know go into that final week or two with a chance. Now that Iowa game usually is at the end of the year, near the end of the year. This is in, it's in October this year, so. Um, we'll see, we'll see what uh, what happens there. Seven o'clock on August thirty first from Huntington Bank Stadium. It'll be the Gophers versus Nebraska. Mike's got the call. Then we'll connect at some point before that to preview the season. I appreciate it. Enjoy Indianapolis. You got it. Sounds good. Always enjoy it, Bruce. Thank you. All right, thank you much, Mike Grimm, voice of Golden Gopher football. We'll have Gopher games between uh, us here on KDAL and FM 98.1 starting August thirty first versus Nebraska. Ten twenty nine. Coming up in a few, former UMD men's hockey captain, now a member of the New York Islanders, Carson Kuhlman on the radio show. Got a hockey camp coming up. We'll talk about that, plus his move to the Islanders. All that next, Bruce Siski Show, 610-103.9, KDAL. KDAL. That's pretty much my news. Streaming live on the KDAL mobile app. More to come on this Tuesday morning. Former UMV men's hockey captain Carson Kuhlman, 2018 national champion. Former Cloquiasco Carlton Lumberjacks got a hockey camp in town here very, very soon. We'll talk about that, plus his recent decision to move on to the NHL's New York Islanders. That's next. And now CBS News at 1034 on KDAL. Bruce Show. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. People know me. 
I'm very happy for you. On 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL. Ten thirty nine. No show tomorrow. Early Twins game. Sound off at ten tomorrow morning here on KDAL. We're back Thursday. Phil Steele of Phil Steele's College Football Yearbook will be heavy on the Badgers on Thursday because Phil has the Badgers winning the Big Ten West as well. I'm gonna get his thoughts on that. To very uh, jumbled at the top division on the radio show on Thursday. Joining us now, ex-captain at UMD, 2018 national champion, now with the New York Islanders, Carson Kuhlman. Good morning. Hey, Bruce. Thanks for having me. Thanks for doing this. Uh, you're golfing at the moment? <laughs> yeah, we got our work done early today, so we got a, we got a group out uh, getting an early round. It might as well take advantage of the beautiful day. And channel the great dark star, the late great dark star. Where'd you hit it on one? Yeah, we went a little right on one, but I got up and down, so we're we're in good shape. That's good. That's good. That's good. Um, let's talk about first off. How's summer been? Yeah, it's been great. Nice being back. Obviously, um, we got a great group of guys here that uh, all skate and train together. So it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun. How's things been with you? I've got nothing to complain about. Was out on Lake Superior Sunday, caught some fish, then ate some fish. So it, it was good. It's been it's been Perfect. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't complain about that. Uh, we brought some salmon and trout in the boat, and then uh, we grilled them up Sunday night and, and had a nice meal. So. You know, it's, yeah, it's uh, always good getting out there at least once a summer. Yeah, it's so it was so nice on Sunday. I was we were worried about the smoke because it was really hazy when the sun came up, but it kind of hung low on the horizon. The sun got up, and it was a really nice day. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. All right, so let's talk about your uh, your decision here. You you had a, a decision to make, I should say, moving on to the Islanders. You, as you get into free agency, and you've been around the league now for a little while, so now you've got the rights of an unrestricted free agent. So as you go into that, Carson, you know, what are the priorities? What are you looking for? Because the offers you're going to get are very similar. Yeah, right. Um, like you said, first time kind of going through that process. But, you know, you talk to other people, you talk to your agent, he's kind of been through it and he's got a good feel for it. So um, you, you trust what you're what you're hearing, but you also got to go with your gut a little bit. And we thought uh, it was a great fit to go out to the island. Um, they play they play a really hard, structured game, which I think fits, fits my game well. Uh, what did you, as you, you had, had a move from Seattle to Winnipeg during the season, what did you think of your time with the Jets? Yeah, loved it. Obviously, a lot of familiar faces made the uh, the transition uh, very easy. But um, you know what? I loved it up there. I uh, felt a lot like home, and it was, uh, you know, six, seven hours away, so you can't beat that. I, I listened to 32 Thoughts uh, on the regular with Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick. They come out of Sportsnet in Canada, do a great podcast on hockey. and uh, what They talked about what, when, when Al got traded. Alex Iafalo was traded there right before the draft. And, and when that move happened, they talked about – you know, maybe it was more speculation, I think, than, than any kind of a factual reporting that, that right. maybe the Jets, they really like guys that have ties to Minnesota because Minnesota is so similar to Winnipeg. Would you say that as, a, as having now having played there? Yeah, I think I think there's something to be said about that for sure. Um, now, obviously, there's there's a lot of differences. You're in a completely different country. But at the end of the day, you're right. Like guys that have been here, they can adapt to the cold. They've been through that. Um, uh, out ice fishing, you can do a lot of uh, a lot of the similar things where uh, you know guys that have played elsewhere might not be so accustomed to. When you go through that process and, and you move from Seattle to Winnipeg and you find out it's Winnipeg, obviously you're you know that there are some guys there that you know. Is that a, is that a comforting feeling when you have that kind of a, of a mid season change? 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Obviously, you got guys that you can ask questions to, um, good places to live, you know, where to go eat, all that kind of stuff. So it, it made the made the process very easy. What do you think of playing in that building? It's a smaller building. Those fans are right on top of you, but at the same time, it, it's still Canada too, and yeah. and it, it, it's it, it just seems a little different. You know, the NHL up there just seems a little different. Yeah, yep, that's that's a good way to put it. Yeah, smaller building, but still electric. Obviously, I got a little taste of uh, the first round of playoffs there, and um, the whiteout is something pretty special, too. So it's just a, it's just a really cool place to uh, to be able to play. Talking to Bull, uh, former Bulldog captain Carson Kuhlman, now signing with the NHL's New York Islanders. And, you know, we talk about diff- you know, kind of different atmospheres and, and different places to play. Obviously, the Islanders have that newer building. But what have you, you, what have you experienced over your career and your time playing games on the island? Yeah, it's cool. We're kind of the same thing. Their fan base just loves it, obviously. Um, they've had some good teams the past couple of years. And, uh, and we just look to keep that going. They've had that core group of guys for, for a long time. And, um, and uh, so obviously they know how to win and then they know uh, the area so it'll be a lot of fun doing that uh, you ready for Lula Morello's weird rules yeah 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 no beard or <laughs> long hair for me anyway so I'm already uh, I'm already one one step ahead I was gonna say I don't think I've ever seen you with a beard so I, that that would have been just fine and dandy for you I gotta yeah, think yeah right right I, I, we had uh, Justin Bourne play at Anchorage, and he's at Sportsnet now. We had him on the show back in February. <laughs> he, he uh, when he first got there, he thought he, he didn't think that was necessarily serious when Lamorella was there, and <laughs> and he's playing. He's like, and it got got a little heated. I guess as Lamorella's trying to get him to, sure. to to understand that these rules are for everybody. Sure. Yeah. No. It's a it's a team thing. I respect that, and obviously, like I said, it doesn't doesn't change anything I do on a day-to-day basis so we're good good to go there and and you like you said you think this is a style that that's a good fit for you definitely yeah they play hard they play structured um but they also have the you know the guys up front to make plays and then uh, and they obviously score a lot of goals too so I think it's a it's definitely a good fit for us moving forward here uh, you, know, you were part of a group, uh, UMD, of course, won a national title in 2018, that year before 2017. I think there's like eight guys off that team that played at least one game in the NHL. And I, I We couldn't help but notice Matt Wellens and I were chatting before free agency started. There were 12 guys that played at UMD that were looking for new contracts in, in, in pro hockey here. And that's just counting guys that played in North America last season. It's been right. quite the renaissance. It, it, it's not just the results that we see at UMD, but it's producing players like you that go on and play at the next level. Yeah, yeah, it really has been uh, uh, something special going on there the last couple of years, obviously with our group, the couple groups in front of us too. So it's, it's great. And everybody comes back, a lot of local guys. So it's uh, – it's a good culture that that uh, they've built there. Uh, obviously, you know, you mentioned a lot of guys coming back. What's that like to get to to get to catch up with these guys that you guys that you played with, guys that you've gotten to know over the years? That you know, we all have that tie of being around here. Right, right, yeah. It's just a good good sense of home. You know, you got a spot to come back to in the summer. Um, everybody's kind of in the same boat. You do your own thing during the year. You work hard, and then you come back here and try to get better. And, uh, and uh, enjoy yourselves a little bit while you got the downtime. Uh, we saw you at the the Ray Peterson Heritage Classic in June, and you guys get to get back while you're here as well, which is really cool to see. Yeah, what an awesome event that is! A good turnout again. Hopefully, we can just keep growing that for uh, for summers to come. Uh, Carson, you have a hockey camp coming up uh, in Duluth uh, here about a month or so from now. Can you tell us uh, how you put this yeah. thing together? Yeah, that last week in August. Um, you know what? It's been something that I've wanted to do here for a while. Um, just get the get 
get the youth kids together and and, uh, and try to teach them a thing or two. Obviously, I went to camps growing up, so I think it would be awesome. Um, we're hoping to get uh, uh, as many kids out there as possible and then just go through, you know, the basics of, of, of hockey, but then also trying to have them take away an advanced thing here or there, and hopefully they can take it into the winters and their their hometown teams. What goes into the to your decision to have this in late August? It feels like a lot. You know, these camps are popping up all over the place throughout the summer. Was this just uh, what worked out for you? Right. Yep. Yep. Worked out for uh, for us. Um, we were we were here. Um, we thought it would just kind of be one last time for kids to get on the ice, you know, before heading back to school. And uh, maybe kids got fall hockey tryouts coming up. They just want a little tune up. So we we're kind of thinking in that way. It's, it's awesome how many kids are on the ice all year round um, in the area here. Uh, this is open for mites, squirts, peewees, bantams, high school kids as well. What are they going to get at the Carson Kuhlman Hockey Camp? Yeah, like I said, we'll kind of go through the, the basics of, of being a good hockey player to start there and then um, and then kind of advance as the week goes along. You know, I want to just give them a few things that I, I, I know and I've seen around the game, and especially for that level, they're so moldable there. Um, can really help their game out. So just hopefully we get a, a bunch of good kids and that want to come and have fun and learn. So um, it's still summer, right? So the first and foremost, we want to enjoy ourselves. I've been down in the in the the bowels of the building when kids are walking through there on tours, and uh, the the eyes get really wide when you walk them through Amsoil, and you and the the, the kids are going to get that opportunity at your camp, aren't they? Yep, yep. We'll do a little tour down there. We'll show them the weight room, show them the locker room. They always enjoy that. Um, we got some off ice activities. Obviously, I always like playing, you know, kickball, a little baseball, a little wiffle ball. So we'll have uh, we'll have some fun off the ice as well. Uh, tell, tell people how they can get signed up. They want to get their kid involved in your hockey camp. Yeah, it's ColemanHockeyCamps.com. Pretty easy, slick website that we uh, we put together. So you can just go on there and, and register there. And um, uh, hopefully we get we get some good numbers in August and we kind of start this summer and build on it from there. Again, that's August 28th through the 31st. The on-ice sessions at Mars Lakeview Arena, 8 to 4, Monday through Thursday. And more details, ColemanHockeyCamp.com. Dot com. Carson, really appreciate the time. Uh, go ahead and continue to hit the, the golf ball long and straight, all right? Yeah, you got it. Thanks again, Bruce. We'll see you soon. I appreciate it. Carson Kuhlman, former UMD men's hockey captain, signing with the New York Islanders here earlier in the summer and currently golfing, which is a great way to spend a beautiful Tuesday morning. Again, that website, KuhlmanHockeyCamp.com, K-U-H-L-M-A-N, Hockey Camp. It's all one word, no hyphens or anything like that. Dot com and uh, if you just scroll down you'll see all the info on the camps that they have available the age groups that they'll be involved in those camps and uh, all the info on what they'll be doing and then the link to register is there as well uh, a couple of hockey no- or one hockey note uh, the wild this morning announcing some changes in the structure of their front office no changes in personnel uh, Billy Guerin remains as the general manager, and he's also adding on the title of president of hockey operations. And it, it doesn't—it's it, more symbolic, right? It's not necessarily a, a promotion, but it kind of is a promotion in a sense. The biggest thing that this does, as noted by Michael Russo, our friend from theAthletic.com, is it does keep other teams from potentially enticing Guerin to leave and become their president of hockey operations. So he's going to be a member of the Wild Front Office for quite a long time. The other uh, notable change, longtime team president, alternate governor Matt Maka, has been now named the chief executive officer for the Minnesota Wild. Earlier this month, Kelly McGrath had been working for the Wild since 2000, promoted to, uh, or to I should say, general manager of Excel Energy Center. So those changes made official 
by the wild. 1050, wrap it up in a moment on KDAL. AM 610, KDAL, news, weather, sports. 1059, that hazy sunshine continues. Going to be warm, especially away from Lake Superior today. Hopefully get out and enjoy some of that. Summer heat here this week. No show tomorrow with the early sound off at 10 as a result of, tw- result, I should say, of Twins baseball tomorrow at noon here on KDAL. We're back Thursday. Phil Steele, college football talk on the radio show Thursday. Sound off after the news. Have a great Tuesday. Thank you for listening. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. Hit us up on Twitter at Bruce Siski Show and let us know what you think. No, yes, no, well, no, I, I crossed my mind. Visit KDAL610.com to podcast today's show anytime. What do you say? Listen to shows on demand and download for free. You can also subscribe via Spotify or your favorite podcast app. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. CBS News is up next. This is your home for the Minnesota Timberwolves. 103.9 W280 FDFM and AM 610 KDAL Duluth Superior.